0: Your Broncos Weekly Report, we take a look at some of the storylines that impacted the team from this past week, and as we approach game week, we take a look at some of the storylines that both Sarah and myself, we are both looking forward to the most. This week, it is game week against the New York Giants. We break it down on today's special episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. Lockdown Broncos is available free and everywhere you get your podcast, also on YouTube. So make sure you hit that follow button or that subscribe button here on the YouTube channel so you never miss out on daily content and coverage of all things Denver Broncos. I'm Cody Work, host of Lockdown Broncos, joined alongside our co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us cover the Broncos for the Lockdown NFL Network and 9 News. Sarah Always great to talk Broncos football with you, my friend. I know Broncos country appreciates your insight. I'm so glad that through this, you know, f- couple of weeks we've had you on here. It's been probably the best times I've had doing this podcast with you, my friend. So uh, we man. have a lot to look forward to this week, my friend.
1: It means a lot, man. No, I've loved it. I've really enjoyed it. I'm excited to do a full, you know, regular season of uh, game week. You know, a regular season game week. I mean. It doesn't get much better than this, Cody. It's football season. It's my favorite time. We got pumpkin spice on the radar, like I've mentioned before. (laughs) No more HGTV. We get to finally replace HGTV with NFL Network on Thursday nights. And, you know, it's just good stuff, man, all around. Hey, that's the life there, my
0: friend. Well, hey, let's go through our Broncos Weekly Recap. Obviously, some of the storylines that we're looking forward to this upcoming week as it is game week against the New York Giants. Focus here on a little bit of the the overall broad-spectrum storylines. Will Bradley Chubb or Noah Fant practice this week? I think for me this is a huge question mark coming into the season opener because this is concerning because there are obviously two key players here the expectation as we've known Vic Fangio said he expects Bradley Chubb to be ready week one he's been a little bit more ambiguous about Noah Fant I know that there's some other things some solutions we'll present later on here in the show about if Noah Fant doesn't play what Broncos fans could look forward to but this is one of the biggest storylines I'm looking forward to this week will these two practice?
1: Definitely, definitely. and if Cortland Sutton and Von miller are your two best players on either side of the ball you know you could argue that i suppose with anybody who wants to argue it but it's possible that bradley chubb and noah fant are your second best players on either side of the ball i mean you could make arguments for a couple of other players of course but it's it's they're right up there they're pro bowl caliber players high expectations for this season so obviously broncos country is is worried a little bit about this you want to go into the season as healthy as possible but especially when it comes to your star players for a, a team like the Denver Broncos that's missed the playoffs every year since Super Bowl 50 you've got to have all hands on deck and as bad as they've been in the month of September under Vic Fangio v- Fangio excuse me again you've got to have all hands on deck it's essential and so i think that there's some understandable worry given these two players have kind of battled through some injuries the past few years we know Noah Fant Um, struggled through one last year, still played in most of the games. So I I think that either of these guys could play without a week of practice, but of course you'd like to see them get back out there, get the reps that they need and, and have a full week before this Giants game.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a huge matchup. Obviously, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, former Bronco, Devontae Booker as a running back as well. And the last time that Devontae Booker played the Broncos, I mean, he had a lot of success, and everybody in Mm -hmm. Broncos country was like, how come they let Devontae Booker go? But, you know, we always get into these arguments when players (laughs) go elsewhere and and they have success. So I don't necessarily know if we could dive too deep into that. But obviously, if the Broncos get Noah Fant and Bradley Chubb back, it will pose, I think, an even greater possibility for their success against the Giants in Week 1, where, look, the pressure is on Vic Fangio he has to get off to a better start here he's 0 for 7 in the month of September not to mention here sir to the players in the locker room they've been talking about it this past week in media press conferences that they know that they need to get off to a hot start I mean it, it's hard to envision and I don't like jumping ahead and predicting how they could start off. but if the Broncos could somehow start off 3-0 and or even just 1-0 like if you get a season opening win that's mm-hmm. a lot of momentum here because the Broncos they've haven't started off great in the last two years under Vic Fangio, but in the middle part of the season, they started to get there a little bit and they started to get confidence. And we've always asked the question, What if they won one or two of those games to start the season?
1: Right, and I think back to, you know, like last year's Tennessee game that could have easily gone either way. And even in the offseason, you know, however many months later, we're still talking about, man, if only Jerry Judy had caught this pass or if only this had happened, uh, if only they hadn't called back that Michael Ojemudia interception, you know, this, that, and the other, dating back to 2019. If only there hadn't been this tremendous, you know, fourth-quarter drive that was aided by a penalty from you know Bradley Chubb which again was a terrible penalty call by the way and all Broncos fans will remember exactly what I'm talking about uh roughing the passer penalty call so it's it's those little things Cody that you're right they 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 add up to what Vic Fangio has preached death by inches right I mean it's this death by inches every season that we kind of go back to if not for a couple drops here if not for a penalty here if not for a dropped interception here if not for this if not for that they've got to to eliminate that. The Broncos have enough talent now to be better than these, um, I, I guess, excuses or valid reasons, whatever you want to call it. They should be better at this point than, than having to look back in hindsight at a couple of small mistakes in individual games that add up to missing out on the playoffs. So they're just too talented for that at this point.
0: No, I completely agree with you there. They have too much talent on both sides of the ball to have a sluggish or slow start when the schedule. For the most part, when you factor in who they're playing, it appears on paper to be favorable. I mean, in weeks two and week three, you're playing back-to-back rookie quarterbacks, and we know Vic Fangio's track record against rookie quarterbacks as a defensive coordinator, as a defensive-minded guy. It plays to the favor of the Broncos, so I'd be a little concerned if they come out flat in those games. But obviously, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have you covered when we get to weeks two, weeks three. But got to focus on week one and some of the storylines we're looking forward to seeing. But Broncos country, we're going to get to some defensive storylines that we are looking forward to seeing this upcoming week at the Denver Broncos, some Questions that we have coming up here in just a moment, but before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of Show. It's our good friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. My personal go-to is peanut butter brownie. Sarah likes the thin mint brownie, and you can find a flavor that you like. They have nine amazing, delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor. Figure out what you like, what your wife likes, what your mother likes, what your sister, brother, the whole family. Figure out what flavor of Built Bar they like by going to built.com today, and you can also get 15% off your next order when you use promo code lock 15 at checkout. It's also the healthiest protein bar on the market. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. So once again, promo code lock 15 is going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. All right, Sarah, let's get into some of the defensive storylines on today's episode, Locked on Broncos, that we're looking forward to seeing this upcoming week. Some questions that we have. I'd say burning questions. And you posed a question before we got on air here, and I think it's a great point, too. Where will we see Patrick Sertan this upcoming Sunday against the New York Giants to open up the season? Because you look at it, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby projected to be the outside starters as a cornerback with Callahan going to slide into that nickel role. And Vic has mentioned he's played a little bit of all these positions, but we've seen him primarily work outside. So we don't even have the first official depth chart yet. That's coming out this week. We'll have you covered on that. But I mean, where, where are we going to see Patrick Sertan?
1: It's a great question, and I can't wait to find out. I know you mentioned on a previous episode, Cody, the fact that we, we really are going to see a lot of Patrick Sertan matched up against some of these tremendously athletic tight ends who have really become big wide receivers, but not in the way that it used to be. You know, like when I think of the big wide receiver, I think of like Devin Funchess who kind of, he came out of Michigan as a tight end and transitioned to the wide receiver position. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about guys who are tight at six, five, 260 plus pound players who can split out and athletically they're gifted enough to run routes as a wide receiver You just can't, everybody in Broncos country has been clamoring for this linebacker, this magical unicorn of a linebacker, and there's really only a couple in the entire NFL, Fred Warner being one of them, who's getting paid $19 million a year now to do it. There's very, very few linebackers that can actually cover Travis Kelsey. I don't know if anybody has noticed, but over the last five, six, seven, eight years, however long it's been, Travis Kelsey has probably put together a Hall of Fame career. So it's not just the fact that the Broncos linebackers can't cover Travis Kelsey it's not that just the Broncos linebackers can't cover Darren Waller it's that nobody can so you've got to get a guy and I think this is where things are transitioning you've got to get a guy like Pat Sertan who is a cornerback one in my opinion if he were to go and play for the New York Giants I think he would be cornerback one and that's no disrespect to James Bradbury a very good player I think Sertan would be cornerback one on most teams so to have him as cornerback three cornerback four put that guy up against Travis Kelsey, put that guy up against Darren Waller or for week one, Put him up against Evan Ingram. That's what I think we're going to see is a matchup between those two guys.
0: I would love that too, and not to mention, I mean, you're not going to see John Ross. His 4.2 speed. He was placed on injured reserve. Kadarius Tony dealing with some, I think, injuries himself. So I'll be really intrigued there. I know Sterling Shepard's going to be one of those guys you really have to keep an eye on because he can he can hurt you. He's had a really good offseason for the Giants, and we'll talk with Patricia Trainer next week for our Lockdown Broncos, Lockdown Giants crossover episode where we preview the game. We talk about the keys for each team. You can get that here, Lockdown Broncos podcast but let's go to the other side of the defensive side here on the ball Here, looking at Justin Sternod will we see Justin Sternod this upcoming weekend well actually not this upcoming week. next weekend against the New York Giants because look Alexander Johnson Josie Jewell they're going to be the starters there
1: I think we will, and I think that there's some interesting options there, Cody, too, because I know you've been high on Justin Sernad since we drafted him. I'll even throw it back to a great interview that you did with the Wake Forest defensive coordinator that really stands out to me as just a a, you know this guy is capable of doing so much for your defense. He's such an athletic player. He's so reactively quick, and I think with his with his instincts and the way that he's capable of playing. Um, just in terms of, you know, he, he's not going to time the best in the 40-yard dash. And who does that sound like? Josie Jewell. And I think that you've got two guys now on the defensive side of the ball at linebacker that really just play so great instinctually. They know their assignments. They know where they're supposed to be to throw a hockey reference in. They like they skate to where the puck is going to be, not necessarily react to the puck in the moment. So I think definitely we're going to see Justin Sternad And I'm most interested to see Sternod with Josie Jewell, namely – Uh, or or specifically because of the fact of what we saw in the preseason that you pointed out, that he's wearing that green dot on his helmet. So I think those two guys are going to do a great job communicating, and I think one of Josie Jewell's underrated traits that we need to get to see more of is him as a blitzer. And I think Justin Sernod being on the field, being sound in his his assignments and in coverage, I think he's going to allow Josie Jewell to do that a little bit more than when Alexander Johnson is on the field because, frankly – You know, Alexander Johnson excels in similar ways. So he needs to be able to just kind of attack. And and fly to the puck, no, not necessarily fly where the puck's going to be, right? So um, I think that there's different dynamic there, and so much depth at that position that, that Vic Fangio is going to have some fun options.
0: I love that too, and I think you you nailed it perfect. I feel like Justin Sternad, regardless of if it's next to Josie Jewel or Alexander Johnson, I mean, he complements either of those guys really, really well, which is a great trait to have, which means that you can be a stable part of that defense. So I'm excited to see what Vic Fangio is going to do. In terms of his role there, final defensive storyline here: Will Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons continue with their 100% snap streak here in 2021? Considering having five safeties on the active depth chart there at that position itself,
1: it's going to be a lot of fun to see, isn't it? You know, we like to we like to dive into the film. I know watching a bunch of your film reviews, Cody. It's great to see the Vic Fangio defense using that too high shell at the safety position, and I just think you have too much talent at that position and in the defensive backfield in general to not rotate out guys. And, and as, even if that means taking Kareem Jackson off the field for a while, I think you nailed it in our pre-show just kind of talking about, I don't think Justin Simmons is really going to leave the field a whole lot. He's too good. Um, he's, he's arguably the best safety in the NFL. And from the eyes of Denver Broncos fans, he is the best safety in the NFL. So you're not going to take that guy off the field a ton, but you now have some depth at that position where you could justify, Hey, Kareem, here's a series. We're going to have you take this off. We're going to throw P.J. Lock. We're going to throw Caden Stearns. Heck, Jamar Johnson. You never know how much he's going to impress in practice. So I think there's going to be opportunities for that, and we saw the Broncos kind of giving those players chances to show that they can play in that role. We saw P.J. Lock attacking the line of scrimmage. We saw Caden Stearns attack the line of scrimmage. We saw Jamar Johnson attack the line of scrimmage. If we want to talk about that Kareem Jackson role, it's not necessarily a box safety role specifically in Vic Fangio's defense. You've got to be able to play that too high shell and react to the ball in the passing game, which is where I think those backup players at safety can really excel.
0: I agree with you there. I mean, it's it's interesting. But like I said, Sarah, it all goes back to what we've been talking about this offseason. You look at what the Broncos have, and we all think to ourselves like, You know, hey, this is a really good problem to have for this team. Now, obviously, until these players play, until everybody plays, we see week one and we see maybe adjustments or or counterparts to week two, to week three, to week four. The first half of the season, it's going to be a learning process. That's why teams have bye weeks. So you can maybe go through and look back on the film and say, hey, all right, back on, you know, the first half of the season, this is not work. We need to go through and we need to fix it. You need more data to do it. And that's how coaches adjust. So, I'm excited to see what the Broncos can do defensively. Like I said, I think Justin will play 100% of the snaps. I think we'll probably see Kareem Jackson maybe be that guy that rotates a little bit more. You you threw something interesting out there as well. We'll we'll bring up here in a little bit defensively, but uh, maybe if they do trade Bryce Callahan, maybe Kareem Jackson slides into the role because of his former ability to play corner and his knowledge of the defense because remember 2019 there was a—I forgot obviously it was the injury to Bryce Callahan already so guess who had to learn that position Kareem Jackson he played that position for the first couple weeks of the season until Chris Harris Jr. was you know back up to speed they're able to make a couple moves and they're able to move him back to the safety position where he rightfully belongs but he is capable of doing that so uh, some storylines there to follow but Broncos country coming up here in just a moment Sarah myself we're going to focus on the offensive side of the ball we have a couple of things that we're looking forward to seeing this upcoming week some storylines that we have during Week One's matchup against the New York Giants, but before we do that, let me tell you about BetOnline.ag, the sponsor of today's episode of the show. And it's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to footballs. Teams are preparing for their season. Here in 2021, not to mention, as always, BetOnline is your number one sport. It's your number one go-to for all pro and college football action. You get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, which are all open now, betonline.ag. And I want you to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus, and you can use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, sir, so getting into our conversation on today's episode, of Lockdown Broncos, as we get a little bit deeper into the storylines, we talked about the defensive side of the ball. But let's shift our folks now to the offensive side of the ball. I think everybody's inclination is going to be that okay, well, hey, they're going to bring up something that has to do with quarterback. Guess what? Surprise. We're not talking quarterback on today's episode of the show, but we are talking about another position I think is equally as important, and that is running back. And the question, sir, what will the rep share look like between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? Melvin's gonna start, but what's the rotation going to be like? I, I I really wonder what the discrepancy is going to be. If one guy's going to get 20 carries to, the, to 10, I'm excited to see what this is.
1: Yeah, I think in a best case scenario, you're looking at the Broncos not having to decide, well, should we take this guy off the field because he just fumbled on the last drive, or should we take this guy off the field? That was kind of what happened last year, wasn't it? I mean, with Melvin Gordon kind of struggling with some fumbles, you kind of had to go with the other guy for a little bit, a couple stretches, but then turn back to Gordon and kind of get his confidence back up. So the best case scenario is that both of these guys make it really difficult to peel them off the field I think that you want to see you want to see a lot of these from the running backs right you want to see them calling for a replacement because they're running so much and they're getting so many yards after contact things like that you want to see them calling for their own substitutions rather than necessarily having to pull a guy off the field so in my opinion that's kind of the best case scenario is that hey Man, we orchestrate this scoring drive and and Melvin Gordon was our workhorse. Great. We can go to Javante for the next drive and and we have a comfortable enough lead to be able to rotate these guys. I think obviously as the game situation changes, if the Broncos are trailing, I think you'll see more of Melvin Gordon. If they're ahead, I think you could see more of Javante Williams. Just things, little things like that that I think will play into it, but I think it's going to be I I'm predicting it to be fairly even, Cody. I think it's going to be tough to take Javante Williams out of the mix or to to have it be like a you know twenty and ten or anything even even twenty and twelve or anything like that. I think it's going to be really tough because Javante is just so talented. We saw it in preseason play, man. He can break tackles with the best of them, and so I think it's going to be it's a great problem for the Broncos to have. So hopefully hopefully a lot of these call in for substitutions from the running backs.
0: I can tell you this is a guy who used to coach running backs. It was always hard to figure out how to do the rotation, right? Because coming into games, you know, our coaching staff, we'd sit there and we'd meet and they'd say, okay, hey, give this guy a majority of the carries and then get this guy, you know, in whenever you can. But the reality is if one guy's got the hot hand, I think you have to ride it. And I think that's just the dilemma there. But you know what? I'm so glad I no longer have to make those decisions. Curtis Modkins does. And I think he does a pretty damn good job. At that, there. So obviously that's something we're keeping our eye on here, Broncos country. Our final one here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. How much will we see of Albert Okuwebunam? And this kind of goes back to the fact that, hey, look, if Noah Fant doesn't practice much this week and you don't feel confident putting him out on the field, if he's not exactly ready, do you have to worry if you're a Broncos fan? And I would say that you mentioned something great, Sarah, and I'll let you bring it up since it was a a key talking point that I had completely forgotten about. But Vic Fangio is very high on Albert O. Let's talk about that a little bit more.
1: And, and you'd love to see that. You know, Albert O had a good offseason making his his progress back from the knee injury really well and and that's just exciting to see in general. You always want to see these guys be able to come back from major injuries, but yeah, Vic Fangio had some really high praise for Albert O. He said that he's done a great job building off of what he kind of started last year where they didn't really have him out on the field and I know that fans were calling for Alberto over Nick Vanette from game one and, and I understand that and it's even more understandable given what you said the first reception that he made in new england he showed really the full gambit it's kind of a microcosm of what he brings to the table just in terms of his freakish size and speed in the open field and just being able to get him on that deep that deep cross on that one play, I mean, it was it was really a sight to see. You don't see a lot of two hundred and sixty-five pound guys, players that look like a defensive end rumbling down the field with the ball after the catch. I mean, it's crazy to watch him work, to watch him play. So, for those who are maybe invested in fantasy football, whatever the case may be, if you're worried about Noah Fant, I think you could go out and pick up Albert Okuwebunam and really have a good, successful week one. Because just like the Denver Broncos have had trouble covering tight ends who's going to cover albert o you know for the giants i don't have any idea who they've got that can match up with him maybe jabril peppers i have no clue i'm still taking albert o in that matchup in terms of just pure athleticism and size so i think definitely broncos fans as nervous as we might be about Noah Fant and his injury I think you can be extra confident in the great things that Vic Fangio had to say about Alberto just recently
0: well not to mention he uh he likes to try to hurdle people now too which you know coming off ACL I feel like I'd be super hesitant trying to hurdle anybody but man mm-hmm. he, he almost Sparta kicked a guy in the LA Rams preseason yeah. game there but I also think too also investing a little bit in Eric Saubert I mean so far what we've seen from him in preseason I think it's safe to say that he's a guy that can block and he's also a guy that can catch and then you have Andrew Beck so I think that Denver right now now they're probably in good hands. I maybe you have to wait as a medical staff, as a coaching staff that hey, you know, we don't know really the the true extent. I know we don't, but like hypothetically speaking, let's say that the medical staff didn't know, which I'd be very shocked if they didn't, what the timeline would actually be for a guy like Noah. If you don't feel like he's going to be 100% ready, I think you have to worry about, okay, hey, let's maybe just sit him week one. Maybe he can debut week two on the road because, look, back-to-back road games for the Broncos to start of the season or maybe get him back for the home opener. But I think you want Noah Fant 100% healthy at least to start the season. So if he's coming into week one, not 100%, I don't think you put him out there. That's just my opinion. So – Broncos Country. Let us know in the comment section down below here on YouTube if you agree with what Sarah and I are saying. Is there a specific storyline that you're looking forward to this upcoming week? We're going to break it down. We're going to have you cover this week, Lockdown Broncos. And on our next episode of the show here on Monday, we're going to break down the projections for who we think is going to be the breakout player on offense, defense, special teams, standout rookies, and so much more. And you can get in on the input as well by commenting your suggestions here in the comment section down below on YouTube, not to mention on Twitter at Cody WorkingFL, at Sarah Benninger, at Lockdown Broncos. But hey, Rockers Country. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be back on Monday for a brand new episode of the show.